Well, this is exciting yeah. um, that we're because uh, Tim, we've got Tim Bray with us who wrote a terrific blog entry on why he's leaving Twitter. And it feels very fitting that we are doing this in our fo- first post Twitter space discord, whatever we're going to, whatever noun we're going to apply to this. So Tim, we have Tim, have you used Twitter spaces at all? A couple of times. Yeah. One of yours actually. Oh, there you go. How oh, could we okay. forget? Um, right. How could we have forgotten? Right. I forget what the subject was. Wait, did you? Uh, was it us complaining about some technical difficulty with Twitter Spaces, which is approximately twenty percent of the content? I feel was us actually. Uh, and that, there's a, still a Twitter Space that uh, I know that I, I think that uh, Ian and Jay may even be uh, here. They run a Twitter Space, and um, Adam, I you will not be surprised to learn that Twitter Spaces seems to be doing worse with one eighth of the employees or whatever they have at Twitter, and they were getting even weirder problems. I think in their most recent Twitter Space, so. Feel we've made the right That's decision. Right. Good, good decision to ripcord when we did. It, exactly. Um, but so, Tim, uh, first of all, thanks for for joining us. Um, and I was uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were. I view you as leading the uh, uh, leading the charge on explaining why blogging was important to Sun Execs in 2003. When was that? Is that is, is that correct read of history I'm, I'm not sure what year that was but sometime around then um yeah it was a, it was a new idea at the time a totally new idea because i realized I've, I've been reading ongoing for a long time because you've been blogging for 20 years probably clo- at, close to it at this point right next february 20 years next february 20 years okay so one question that i definitely have for you is do you think that the that leading that getting out of this kind of short form narrative in twitter is going to lead to more long form narrative are we going to see a resurgence of blogging do you think a little bit maybe i don't know um in my mind the short form category feels distinct from blogging um I think the short form category, which Twitter proved could be interesting, even when it was only 140 characters, you know, allowed you to have relatively high velocity conversations on things that were happening right now. It felt a little bit ephemeral, evanescent even, and, and that was okay. Um, you know, if you're talking about, you know, the World Cup or some concert you're at or a keynote you're listening to or something like that, short form is just fine. And and I, I never have had any doubts about whether something I want to say would fit better on a blog or just blurt it out on Twitter. So so they, they, they occupy two categories in my mind. Now, perhaps my mind has been formed by the availability of technology, um, but, you know, that's how it feels to me. And were you, were you an early adopter of Twitter? I got to imagine that you that you were. Um, when did you discover Twitter and when did you start using it? Uh, well, I got Tim Bray, so I must have been on there pretty, pretty early. Um, <laughs> right. I, I think it was early 2007 or something like that. That would make sense. I feel that certainly in the period that you and I were colleagues at Sun and just in general, as I've known you over like again now two decades, I feel that you have always been I, I always pay really sharp attention when you're an adopter of something because over and over again I've seen you be an a leading indicator of a trend. Remember you got into Ruby in two thousand five, if That's I remember right. correctly. I th- I feel like I feel like I watched the DHH Rails video because you recommended it. Um, you made the case for blogs inside of Sun, which 
you know, Adam and I were both bloggers inside of Sun. Very grateful for that. That was a that was uh, you were definitely on the leading indicator there. And then the other thing, I gotta say, you're on the leading indicator for it, Adam. I don't know if you remember this, but so we all three of us were together at Sun when Oracle acquired the company, and Tim, you were one of the first people. Who, I mean. It, like moments after the acquisition closed, you're like, I've seen this movie before I'm leaving. I, and I remember at the time thinking like, I think this could be different. And then mere weeks later being like, note to self, if Tim goes to the, heads for the exit, follow him. You're almost right. I actually exited about 15 minutes before the acquisition. I was never an Oracle employee, but. You're never an Oracle. Oh, you kept yourself pure. <laughs> Wow, really, really uh, got out even, saw it coming even before it hit. It was a mildly funny story. Well, he... Let me take five, uh, three minutes and get, tell it because it, it's amusing. So, wow. so the word came down that we were going to be acquired. And, uh, you know, I was in the software CTO office and I kept asking, well, what am I going to do? And nobody knew. And I never got a straight answer. And, um, and the thing was, for people at our level, it was a pretty fat payout for, for if they didn't offer you a job. So I was fine with that too. You know, it would come to like 18 months worth of salary. And so uh, I, I was greedy and hung on, even though nobody was telling me what the job was going to be. And then about know, a week before closing, uh, my VP, who was Jeet, what was his name? Jeet Call, um, called me and said, hey, good news, you're going to be working with James Gosling. And I said, okay, well, that's cool. So I, I, I pinged James and said, hey, James, what, what's up? He said, no, nobody told me what, what the fuck's up. Nobody told me. <laughs> So, uh, so, so James and I were both equally irritated, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, I badgered the VP, and he still couldn't say anything definite. So, I quit at the very last second, and because of that reason, God punished me for for my greed, and I didn't get the the severance either. Oh well. I think that that is you, but you kept yourself pure and certainly wise in my view. Cause I just, again, I remember you saying, you know, I've seen this movie before. I know how this is going to unfold. And, um, you were definitely, you were right. I mean, you were even writer than you could have imagined that you were sadly. Um, and I, I, by the time I was leaving in July, I think again, you left in February. By the time I was leaving in July, I was without, without regret or second thoughts, certainly. Uh, and the the way that the, I mean that that acquisition was such a, an absolute mess. Um, it, it, I think there was a long time where each of us assumed that we personally had been screwed because there had been no uh, sort of retention paid, and then you realize like, oh, Oracle didn't pay retention to anybody. They just like, oh, and I, I don't know. For me, that was an eye opening moment. I, I don't know if you felt the same way. You're just like, you know, if if uh, coin is the currency of the realm, which, which it, it clearly was, was yes. Yeah. It's like, I think I get it. I think you might not value some employees. Like, yes. <laughs> now you're understanding, yes. Now you get it. So, Tim, I've always paid very close attention to all of the things that you've adopted. You were uh, very outspoken um, about Amazon and their practices um, and very much admired the principled stand you took there. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, also, like, you're not a firebrand. You're someone who is is willing to see to my view is you're willing to see nuance and a kind of a moderate middle but you also are a principled person and um so do you want to uh, talk a little bit about kind of what led up to this this blog entry i mean you'd you'd written about mastodon before obviously um but it, it sounded like you had hit a breaking point as so many had uh in the last couple of weeks 
Well, you know, I, I joined Mastodon. Every time a new social network comes along, I join it just on principle to see hey, what's this all about, right? And and I joined Mastodon in 2017. A lot of people did. Um, and uh, it, it struck me as okay, but kind of unpopulated and clearly not where where the action was. So I, I've had those those accounts sitting sitting around. And I think just like, you know, all of us talking here and most of the people who've dialed in, you know, we've been kind of vaguely nauseated by the way uh, Elon Musk has... Uh, has dealt with this. I don't know if you if you follow the finance world and and you know uh, Matt Levine's money stuff and so on. Just the hilarity uh, of the of the stupidity with which uh, Elon Musk did the acquisition. You know, on, on impulse, worth way more than it, offering way more than it was worth, and then trying to get out of it and losing his ass in court. Um, it was you know it was just you know not good. It wasn't something you wanted to be near. And and then there was a second wave of nausea when he actually came in and started talking about. Do you realize there's three thousand RPE RPCs and and two thousand uh, microservices that they should all be just shut down, uh, right? Um, so so it was clear that this was not what I would call good engineering leadership by any means. And then the manifesto about oh you know don't stick around unless you can show me great code and and uh, have a hardcore extreme hardcore hardcore lifestyle. And you know, you know, a lot of the SREs and so on who actually keep things running don't write code, right? You know, it's they do valuable work, you know, scripts perhaps and so on. But um, so, so I, you know, all that stuff just kind of bothered me. And then uh, in my goodbye Twitter thing, I, I quoted this piece by Josh Marshall, the well-known you know U.S. Uh, uh, progressive uh, uh, blogger who's got a really successful publishing operation over at Talking Points Memo. And he actually drilled down on, on what Musk was doing. I think this would have been a weekend ago now. <laughs> it's all been happening very fast, kind of blurring in my mind. So all these, all these ultra right-wing scumbags uh, were, were you know, making, shouting right-wing talking points at him about you know, how Antifa are pedophiles and stuff like that. And Musk was going, yep, right, correct, analysis. And, and then Crime Think. Um, you know, Crime Think is this anarchist, wild-eyed collective, mostly out of Portland, um, uh, who are really great. Um, you know, yeah, they talk about the sometimes the advantages of burning down police stations and, and things like that. But uh, it's a witty and, and good and high-quality feed. And, you know, they, they get reported all the time for being, you know, dangerous. And the, the very morning they were banned, they actually got a routine email from Twitter support saying, oh, yeah, somebody in, G in Germany reported you for being awful. Uh, but we, uh, we looked at it, and, and you're not breaking any laws, so that's okay. And then Andy Ngo, that's NGO, who is this gutter snipe, wastrel, provocateur, fake reporter, um, uh, launched a bunch of complaints about, uh, about crime think, saying, oh, they're, they're Antifa, they're awful. And, and so he bounced them later that day. And you know, at, at that point, it's alt right. You know, it, it's 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 not a public company anymore. It's owned by Elon Musk. Elon Musk is playing footsie with the worst kind of alt right scum. Um, to the extent that we do anything to make Twitter better, it's going to it's going to benefit that. Um, no, I'm out of here. And well, simultaneously, um, you know, Mastodon was perking up and becoming more interesting. And I went over there and started participating. And every time I looked, I had like several hundred more followers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I heard some, from some really interesting people about really interesting stuff. And just the whole notion of building social media in a way that's more like email and less like Facebook uh, struck me as, as essentially a profoundly good idea. And once I finally understood how instances work, 
that you know your instance is part of your identity. If you're you know if you're from faculty.mit.edu or kremlin.ru or you know uh, rollingstones.com, you know if, if that's where your 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 handle is from, well, that says something about you. Something interesting it solves a whole bunch of interesting identity problems in a way that does not require an opaque process by an exploitative capitalist, and it just became really uh, appealing looking at the same time as Twitter made me want to puke. So. So there you go. Well, and so one of the things that, that you highlighted, and I had a piece yesterday that, that kind of inspired by some of the things that you had said, but as you know, people are talking about alternatives like Post and Hive and Co-host, uh, I think you had the same reaction I had to that, which is actually the centralization here in a, a, a venture-backed entity is actually part of the problem. And we're just going to repeat history if we, we may repeat it a little bit better. And, I mean, it's hard to be at this point, <laughs> kind of hard to be worse, but um, we may repeat it a little bit better, but we're going to effectively repeat history with a centralized entity. Is that is that a an accurate read of your, your perspective? That is an accurate read is, you know, why would we jump, you know, if this one particular capitalist enterprise has gone bad, why would we jump to another and hope that it would be better? But, you know, there's another point on top of that, which is it's just not going to work. I mean, Twitter managed to do an, unthink an unthinkably impressive thing, which was concentrate like a high proportion of the really interesting voices in the world in one place and give them to everybody for free. Um, in extremely short form fashion, you know, nobody could have predicted that. And it was a, a profoundly lucky historical accident. And does anybody think that it could be repeated by, you know, some other startup? <laughs> the, the idea is ridiculous. Totally lucky. And I think in so much of what Twitter became, became that way because of the users and the way, the direction that it was taking, whether it was the character limit or or retweets. I mean, retweets were originally a, a user invention, right? Retweets, retweets were not part of the platform. Quote tweets, certainly. I mean, all these different tweet threads, which I think get into kind of that longer form. I mean, all these things were, were kind of evolved in the platform. And I, I think, yeah, it was very, it was definitely in the right place at the right time. It'd be very hard to, to, I think, reinvent any of that. And I also think that like, you have this issue of, if you have an ad driven model, you are going to want to, uh, to drive engagement. And right now, these things are not smart enough to drive engagement without driving enragement, I feel. And or that's part of the human condition, right? That being enraged is the thing that bring, brings back the engagement. So what, what, whether it's uh, them not being virtuous or us not being virtuous, you know, we land in the same spot. Yeah, and uh, totally, Adam. And I don't know if you saw Tim was in, it was in another piece. I think he wrote, "Protect me from what I want." I think you had that or uh, aligned to that effect. Am I paraphrasing that correctly? Well, well, right. I mean, the whole thing is that uh, Facebook and Twitter and 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 so on have built these models that um, use they build they build huge ML models based on billions of data points. And, you know, these models have one function saying, you know, which selection of posts should we put in front of this person to ensure they stay in front of the screen? Because engagement is defined as staying in front of the screen so we can show ads to you. And, you know, it's not as though Facebook maliciously decided that, hey, if we show everybody right wing trolls and stuff like that, that'll, um, that'll you know, deepen the quality of the engagement. It's just that that's what the ML model produced. That, that turns out that when you, you know, enrage people, sure, that, that gets them maximally engaged. 
Um, and, you know, yeah. you, people can say, well, I don't like that, but, you know, the model isn't, isn't lying. You know, it shows it, quantitatively. You might not like it, but here you are. Yeah. That's right. And that's why you know, I wrote this other blog piece because there's this huge debate is breaking out over in Mastodon land over whether there should be an algorithm. And well, of course there's an algorithm. Sorting is an algorithm, even in a chronological sort. And, um, you know, and the algorithm currently used by Facebook and Twitter gives people what they want. So there's this conceptual artist named Jenny Holzer, whose main work is just short, pithy little phrases. And this is one of hers. I, I first saw it many years ago. I was walking through Times Square in New York, and there was this huge billboard up there. And it just had projected on it, protect me from what I want. You know, and it felt like somebody was sticking a knife in my brain because, you know, what a profound statement that explains so much. And when people are saying, well, I don't want an algorithm, they're, they're kind of saying, protect me from what I want. Now, we do want algorithms, okay? We want algorithms to improve the quality of curation and protection and moderation and all those things. But the, the fact of the matter is, in the context of a capitalist offering like Facebook or Twitter, the algorithm is going to operate in the interest of whoever paid to have it written. Nice thing about an open source based, federation based thing is people are just going to uh, dick around and, and make algorithms because they're cool or because they, they produce a feed that makes their dad happy or something like that. And, and uh, th that's great. I, you know, I think we need algorithms. We need lots of them. And because nobody at the moment is smart enough to pred predict what, what's going to be the right one. So, so let's go and do that. Well, totally. And have you? Because I have found that I that I am calmer when I'm at Mastodon. Like, like my feed. I like my feed. There's just more stuff in there that I find intellectually interesting, as opposed to being enraging. And I probably, in the Mastodon sense, engage with it less because I'm more likely to get kind of off the site and read a blog entry that's interesting or what have you. But I like it a lot more. Have you? Has that been your experience as well? Well, yeah, and on top of which, I'm only following like one-tenth or one-sixth or something like that, the number of people I follow on Twitter. So clearly the signal-to-noise ratio seems to be better. Well, totally, and I'm amazed that, you know, people say that things can't go viral on on Mastodon, but Tim, as I was writing that piece yesterday, I had to keep updating it with the numbers that your, I'm not going to say toot, I'm sorry. I, apparently they're getting rid of toot, is that right? Like, we're not going to call it a toot? I feel you're, like you're that. They're fine by me. They're fine by you. I know, I, they, I know exactly. It's like, why would we be be fine with a tweet and not a toot? I mean, I guess we should just suck it up. But I feel that like that's been that they're changing the name to something else. Maybe someone can tell us in the channel what they've. I, I've been calling them posts. Um, but the um, it, it feels like that. I mean, that post kept doing numbers. I mean, and it kept. You, you know, you looked at how much that had been boosted. And because it is easier to, it's a lighter weight operation. I mean, I feel like retweeting something on Twitter is kind of a big deal. Um, it's a heavier, I mean, it's obviously still just a click of the, of the mouse, but it, it is a heavier weight operation than boosting it on Mastodon. Certainly, I boost more things. I mean, Adam, are you boosting more things than you retweet? Yeah, I'm boosting well, more I things think... in part because we're we're the algorithm, right? We're We're doing this for, like, folks around us. And I think actually that's how Twitter used to be before they started, you know, the algorithm became much more heavy handed and incorporating things like, like likes. And you remember it used to be a, a heart rather than a star or whatever, or a star rather than a heart uh, on Twitter. And I think that, um, you know, we used to do this as a service for one another to, to, to fill in for the algorithm. And now uh, it's been completely washed out on Twitter. So we're, we're back to doing that service for one another, to being that curation 
um, you know, on uh, on Mastodon. Yeah, what, what Adam says is, is is right, and you know, there's all these tools you can do, which will go and find all your Twitter followers on Mastodon and, and hook you up with them. And I totally haven't been using those because you have not been. No, oh, not wow, interesting. Because you know, all I did was you know follow a few people I knew, and then you know look at things they boosted, and then follow looked at people who were following me, and 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 I've grown a, quite a different flavor of feed as a result of that than I have on Twitter, and I like it better. So, um, you know, you can just grow organically, and boy, the growth is fast. Like I'm up to like seventy five hundred followers or something like that over there, and you know uh, that's in like three weeks. Um, and there's lots of people more interesting than me there too. You know, I I was looking at Anil Dash is already up to like thirty thousand followers or something like that. Um, so things well, can yeah, be I, I, I think it's great yes. to see, but I would say that my feed currently is is more boring. Uh, like there's interesting stuff that I get deeper on, but it doesn't bring me back. And I think this maybe is it protecting me from what I want in a sense. Or like I'm following folks, I find interesting folks, I find interesting topics. But is it is not yet for me, and maybe this is uh, you know sharing too much about myself. The kind of obsessive "what's going on" question that I would have with Twitter. Well, so it is definitely less of a news function, and that's yeah. what I'm having to like dewire in my brain. Is where I was going to Twitter for news and getting enraged as as a side effect of that. And yeah. I I have uh, so Adam, have you? I know Tim deleted the app off his phone have you deleted the app off your phone is this an intervention no i have not i have not no i have you know i have not and there are a couple of voices on there in particular like uh uh this guy aaron rupar and uh asin torbai who who monitor right-wing media like so i don't have to uh that i that i look up like pretty constantly actually over there so there, there are converse and then conversations about sports and world cup and things like that that i have not yet found on mastodon but and maybe this to, to Tim's point, I'm also seeing a lot more shit in my algorithm that I that I didn't see and I really don't want to see. Uh, you know, that um, you know I'm seeing to me very offensive um, kinds of posts um, against against people, against uh, you know kinds of people, against protected class, like folks that I uh, you know I think are at the butt end of a lot of commentary, and all of a sudden that's creeping into my feed. In ways that it never did before, uh, and, and that's really hard. Totally. Oh, I, I mean, it feels like my feed is is like in a, a a city where like the police force has been, or the 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 people have moved out, and the thing is being ransacked. I mean, it is like my feed is nuts. I'm just getting the weirdest shit, and I get like tons of Elon Musk tweets in my feed. I know. I'm like, I, I in fact, I, I don't know if you've had this experience. Uh, you can click and say, you know, I want to, I'm not that interested in it. And I say, I don't want to see tweets from Elon Musk. That option is not available to me anymore. I don't know whether I've clicked it enough times where it's like, <laughs> no, 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 we get it. So finally I just blocked him, but it, but it, it wasn't even given the option. Did options. you block him? Did yes. you block him? Yes. Give space. Did you block him? Give space. I a hundred percent blocked him. Yes. I, I do not have any more. I, I do not have that self-control. I can't. I, I, I should. I mean, I, I'm, I'm broadly, I have not yet deleted it off my phone. I am trying. It's actually, I'm going to have to delete it off my phone because I do have a muscle memory for it on my phone more so than I've got when I'm, when I'm sitting at the computer. Um, but I, I have also, uh, Twitter's loss has been the gain of this 
bonkers local news app that I've got. I don't know if it's, I my mom loves to watch the local news, and uh, so she. Do you ever watch the local news app? No, I don't even know how I would do that. <laughs> right, exactly. This is kind of how I feel, and so like I did not actually know how I would watch the local news. So. Uh, I think it comes, does it come on at 10, 11? I guess it comes on on like, it's broadcasted over, tel anyway, I don't know. The, so I found this local news app that I installed on my phone. And this thing now just like delights in spamming me. But in particular, this app has figured out that like, hey, wait a minute, this guy will click on any Elon Musk story we put in front of him. So between that and the best of dying Twitter, which is, do you follow the best of dying Twitter, Adam? That is the, the one account to follow. Is, uh, Tim, best of dying. You, uh, is, is, that, is that a Twitter feed? That's a Twitter feed, and it is good. Okay. It is really good. Yeah, it is. And that is, uh, you know, the, it's it's just what it says. It's the best of. I think it's like the, she can only spell Twitter with. It is the. Uh, I believe it's the woman who did Best of Next Door doing uh, Best of Dying Twitter. Um, so that thing is 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 definitely. So when I'm over there, it's only for to to kind of marvel in the destruction of it all. Um, and then Adam, are you getting ads still when you're over there? The, the ads are amazing. So first of all, uh, you know, there's like a new kind of ad that's sort of like a, just follow me ad, click the big button ad. Uh, and I just, I block anyone who does that kind of ad. But a recent one was a woman saying, Hey, I don't want to, I'm just seeing how this ad platform works. Like, don't, if you, click this <laughs> thing, like, like, anyway, I found that very amusing. Uh, some of the ads are getting so horrifying that they're like the, you know, if if you kind of wake up at three in the morning and the TV's still on. I mean, I, I don't have broadcast television anymore, so uh, this doesn't happen to me. But uh, and like some ad would be on. It's that kind of caliber. There's <laughs> one. I'm going to put another flavor in here. I, I've actually seen some better ads, uh, more interesting oh. ones in in, wow. in 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 recent weeks. I actually uh, bought a Christmas present for somebody off an ad I saw for a, a quirky, imaginative product, which is you know right. normally Twitter ads were the safest brand stuff. You know, drink Coca Cola, fly United, uh, buy Apple, um, but. It's clearly it's clearly not in a healthy state. But you know, one thing that Twitter is so great at that that I would miss totally, and, and I hope I hope Mastodon catches up on this, um, is uh, news, current breaking news story. Like you know, when when the Ukrainian army breaks through and is is marching across the the, the grain fields of Kherson or uh, Balia Club or something like that. Wow, you know, you you can zero in on that in Twitter, and you'll find out stuff way before CNN does. For totally, sure. and or, I love or that. an earthquake, right? An earthquake is the is. I I would love to know what was the first earthquake that I went to Twitter before going to the USGS for. Uh, when was that? I've got no idea of knowing when that was, but um, for an earthquake, you're I'm always on Twitter to see if I actually felt that or if that was a truck going by. Uh, and so that will, yeah, Tim, I totally agree that that's going to be. Do you think now? Do you see Mastodon as being on a trajectory to replace that? Because I'm not sure that it is. Well, at the, you know, I, I don't think there's anything that limits uh, the technology. I mean, That's one thing I believe strongly that assuming Mastodon keeps on getting traction, every news organization should have their own instance, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Sally at bbc.co.uk, right? Um, you know, without, this is the BBC reporter. It's not in doubt. Um, and so on and so forth. I, I would think that uh, every uh, serious news organization should do that. Um, and so, and, and there's, nothing, there's nothing in the underlying protocols to keep that from working. 
yeah, we'll get that curation not from the centralized source, uh, you know, the Twitter was, but from these trusted news outlets that that then you're opting into. Yeah, that's right. But you know, there's also Mastodon already can do hash code following quite efficiently, and um, that's kind of what I that's how I was how I was doing it on Twitter. I would you know hash code Kherson and track the Ukrainian army. So you know, I don't think there's any reason it couldn't. Will it? We don't know yet. Brian, I did get one ad I just need to tell you about. Yeah. Uh, the, ad, the ad is in quotes, Moore's Law only stops when innovation stops. <laughs> is that ad, an Intel ad? Intel no. ad. Oh, no, Intel. So Intel is sliding into dementia at the same moment that, that Twitter is sliding into 8chan? Like, this is going to get real, real weird if, uh, if those two are going down together. I will say that the... I don't know how deeply Twitter needs to descend into 8chan before it loses the HPE, GreenLake, and IBM ads, but those two are still dominating my feed. Absolutely. Those IBM ads. You know, back in the 19, late 1970s when I was an undergrad, you know, I would read Datamation and Computer World and things like that. And the current IBM ad about, well, give employees access to your data is totally out of 1978. Well, do you also get the tw the identical twins eating hot dogs at the gas station IBM ad? Oh, but this, digital doubles or whatever it is. Yeah, I, it is. Like, this is one of these ads where it's just like, am I, and I guess I get this ad. Adam, you don't see this ad. I get this ad all no. the time, and it's like, don't click on the ad. Don't click on the ad. I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta go click on the ad. And the replies are obviously great. I mean, the replies to the ad. I would pay for the replies to the ad. Actually, maybe that would be that. That would be my eight dollar a month. It's just like having people just light up this ad for being ridiculous. For like, for I like, I mean, what do you make? What do you make? Where are we? What are we doing here? If if so, I can interject for a second, Brian, I just want to say that uh, you know this is a new system. So if if folks want to join us on the stage, uh, they can do a request to speak somehow. It's probably a button on your screen that's not on mine. And then um, as folks come up. If you if you join us, uh, we might kick you off the stage quicker. But you're you're welcome to come back on, just because we have found that there's no good sort of hand system um, for for uh, you know managing a large group of speakers simultaneously. You know, but, raise a subject, and you know, ask what you ask what you guys think, and maybe somebody else will join in. Um, do you think there's a place for a paid for? Mastodon instance, where for some, you know, small amount of money, five bucks a month or something like that, uh, you get it and there's no ads. It's interesting. I, like, maybe. I, the thing is, I view it kind of like Hacker News, where I consume Hacker News. I help create content on Hacker News. I don't pay for Hacker News. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to know from a Y Combinator perspective, if they view Hacker News as kind of a net neutral or a loss leader. I don't think I would pay for hack. I don't. I would not pay for Hacker News. Brian, stay strong. You would not pay for Hacker News. Um, the, uh, Adam, are you unmuting uh, you? Yeah, no, that's great. No, good, good. Stay strong. <laughs> stay strong. Um, it'd be interesting. I don't know that I like. Why am I so against on principle paying like three bucks a month for? Although Adam, you may not have that objection. Do you? Uh, so I'm I'm paying so I mean you're, you're I see the bus you're pushing me under which is me paying just, three bucks a month in, until recently for Twitter Blue. Just relax um, and sit down right here in this bus stop. It'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. This is the street. This is not bus stop. Um, 
so I did cancel that, just so you know. And uh, but but I I'm also I'm paying on Patreon. I have to make a Patreon account for my Mastodon instance. So I am paying, and, and like I pay for the New York Times, we pay for the Washington Post. So there's like stuff in that realm that I'm paying for. So yeah, I'd pay I'd pay for I do pay for a Mastodon instance, I guess. I'd pay for additional news curation, but I also like pay for you know some independent journalists and stuff because I like that kind of content and I know what a shitty like tough profession that is. Yeah, so yeah, I don't I'm, I'm trying to imagine what the future looks like and you know the obvious thing that if Mastodon really gets traction what will what will happen is that you know Reddit will start talking the protocol and you know you can follow people on Reddit on Mastodon and and your Gmail address will become a uh, a, 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 a Fediverse handle, and you know all these things can happen. So I, I, you know, some of those people who are currently ad supported are going to stay that way. And then if you get a Mastodon account for being, you know, on Stanford faculty, okay, you're not paying for that, obviously. But is there a, a something in between that? You know, people who want to have an ad-free, uh, progressively managed, tries really hard to suppress Nazis uh, instance. Would you pay five bucks for that? I, I would for sure. Yeah, and, and maybe this is like email, right? I mean, that is kind of what, you know, what you're describing is exactly the historical route that email took. And plenty of people did and do pay some number of dollars per month for email. And then pl plenty of others are willing to use Gmail or what have you, um, complimentary if you are an individual with, with, with limits. So yeah, yeah. Maybe that that will be the future. Uh, certainly, I think that that recognizing and you know, Chris, I thought made the Nova made a good, this great point, Adam, in our uh, in our space in Oxide and Friends last week on or two weeks ago, uh, just about the uh, you know folks kind of feeling that kind of civic connection with their moderators that like your, your moderator is not some faceless human; it's an actual human or group of humans. They've got a particular disposition. Uh, and I think, you know, humanizing that moderation, I think is actually really important for us all to be on, because I think we need to be on better behavior also. It's like, can we maybe make this moderation problem slightly less burdensome by actually collectively being on better behavior? Like, isn't that possible? Can't we all get, just get along? My... No, not, not in the slightest. Because <laughs> exactly. some people are garbage, and then there are organized attackers who are being paid to do it. Um, and, and by the way, uh, this is an area where Mastodon is currently weaker than Twitter. A substantial yeah. number of people from, you know, the, the kinds of uh, demographics get oppressed, uh, people of color, uh, gay people, trans people, that kind of thing, women, um, go over there and they start soaking up, start getting, you know, really obscene, egregious abuse. Um, uh, Chanda Prescott-Weinstein, uh, the famous uh, physicist who's black and Jewish and female and loud, um, uh, went over there and just couldn't stand it. She came back to Twitter. Um, so, so there, there, this is not a problem that's solved and one's need one that needs to be solved. It's, I would say, maybe the biggest outstanding problem uh, in, in Mastodon right now. And I'm optimistic that we can uh, that we can build the tools to 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 you know address this. Uh, but it, it's it's an issue. Yeah, and I think I mean, so. Maybe this is a good time to get to, and I want to get. I know folks have raised their hand. I want to get them on stage as well. But maybe this is a good time to get to some of Stephen's objections. Uh, Stephen O'Grady uh, is supposedly at reInvent. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, but the, no, Stephen O'Grady's at reInvent, and he 
I think he was trying to convince Adam Jacob to, to take on the uh, the role of the, uh, the the Mastodon skeptic. Although I wanted to ask Stephen, like, what argue, what position do you? Oh, here and here's Adam. Uh, so Adam, maybe, maybe you can channel Stephen. And uh, although, again, I'm not sure what position he thinks that he's arguing against, because certainly it is my position, Tim, we'd love to know your perspective, but Mastodon, I don't think, is going to replace Twitter. I, In fact, I don't think there's mm. a single replacement for Twitter. I think Twitter is yeah. going to be like the nightly news. I think it's just going to be something that goes away. I don't I don't think it's going to be something that goes away. But I, um, yeah, I... I I, I don't know how much I can channel for Steven. I, that thread, he did summon me. And I and then I was like, I don't think I have an opinion. And then I like fucking went off on a big rant. So apparently I did. I I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I, one is the the shape of Mastodon and the shape of like a public square, which which for as much as that gets bandied about, I think is what Twitter really became, um, is not the same. So... And when you think about it as one, like what you wind up with is a lot of like hyper connected famous people that then bridge conversations. And so especially in that like middling tier famous. So like I think about Kelsey Hightower a lot in the middle tier famous, you know, he's about as famous as like Laura Jane Grace, who is in like a famous punk rock band and she can like fill a venue, you know, like um, and but she's not as famous as like, you know, uh, like Scott Hanselman, who's about as famous as Sammy Hagar, right? Scott um, Hanselman, just, you think is as famous as Sammy Hagar? On on Twitter, he is. Oh. On Twitter, he is. He has about he has roughly the same number of followers on Twitter as Sammy Hagar does. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean his that, reach. I, nothing against Scott Hanselman, obviously, but that's I, I, that's high praise for. That's I love this right? kind of hot or not metric. <laughs> so so like, and, what, what musician has the same number of followers as you? It's it's an interesting question. Um, I I have about half as many as Brian Cantrell, right? So I'm okay. I'm like still working it out in bars, you know. Like uh, I'm I'm like I'm like beloved in the cult, but uh, but I the the thing about those numbers is when you I, I read the Activity Pub paper while I was like in bed drinking coffee this weekend, and like whoa whoa how bad that's gonna work if you wind up with like Kelsey back in the hundreds of thousands. And he's and there's any kind of rational engagement like, whoa, it's going to go so badly. And that's I mean, look, that's a technical thing. Of course, they can fix it. You know, Brian Cantrell, Adam Leventhal and Tim Bray are on this call. If they decide they want to fix Mastodon, like my belief that's going to happen is quite high. But like the the Twitter had this has this low barrier to entry. It did become quite reliable um the that ability to then communicate with people who were outside your circle and were and and had a reach that you didn't have when you may or may not have known who they are like think about all the people who their tech career took off in large part because they talked to people on twitter they didn't know who were at that middling level of fame and like through that middling level of fame they became known inside a much wider network that then allowed them to express themselves in a way that they couldn't before that all happened for free. Like if you think about what happens, you know, for like, like Tim brought up the identity function of Mastodon, which I think is such a cool idea, but like, you know, the amount of data and the size of an instance, like we were talking about, you know, would you pay for Mastodon? Like you're going to pay for Mastodon or you better start paying for Mastodon because <laughs> the amount of data storage and the inefficiency of that protocol, like someone's paying for Mastodon, like Chris Nova, God bless her. 
she's doing. Like, right. like you know, they they just crushed. They got twenty five thousand. I'm sure many more folks on that instance now, right? Like, and one computer God company. Help. And one computer. Yeah, company. God help her. <laughs> God help them if Kelsey Hightower joins that instance, right? Um, did, like, did you guys see this Jamie Zawinski piece called I posted in chat yeah. uh, called the Mastodon Stampede, where he's yeah. basically like. DDoSing himself every time he he links a blog post. There's been several of those, and it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so and let, let, let me speak to that. I, I when I published the by Twitter thing, um, it immediately got up on Hacker News, and at the same time, it was going around Mastodon. You should have seen my server logs. It was it was insane because you know Hacker News gives you a pretty big traffic surge. <laughs> Literally three or four thousand Mastodon instances. Yes. All, all yeah. pulling it in. And it's, you know it's, it, it's actually. You know, look, I love Rails. Um, I think Rails, I think monolithic Rails applications are the right way to do things, you know, within limits of scale and performance. But Mastodon is a monolithic Rails or a stateful Rails application. And, you know, that, that's not correct, okay? I think we can all agree that's that's not the correct implementation for, for, for that kind of thing. So, so yeah, you, you're right, but but we will fix it. I mean, and it, I know. mean, of, of course, of course they might. But, like, in the meantime, essentially the community I've seen leave Twitter for reasons that I think are, you know, justifiably your own. Like if you, if you can't support a world where Elon Musk owns Twitter, uh, cause now it's like a farm for alt-right Nazi trolls, like <laughs> by all means, like leave Twitter. Um, and also like we are leaving behind, uh, like we have both the privilege of being able to leave because as a, as a group of people, like on this call are some pretty incredible infrastructure folks, right? Like, Brian runs a computer company. Like we know what to do. <laughs> like, and we think it's kind of fun. So, like, I'm stoked that I'm hanging out on Hacky Derm. That thing's fun, right? It's, it's. I think it's great. It reminds me of bulletin boards, and I loved bulletin boards. Like my whole life has been because I loved that moment. So I still feel pretty connected to it. But like, we are. There is. There is a lot of folks that we are leaving behind in that conversation in a way that I think is is a real bummer. Um. And, and when we talk about the sort of gleeful demise of it, like it is fun to watch Rome burn or whatever, I guess, but, but there's a thing there that's special that I don't think Mastodon replaces. And I think Mastodon's own shape is interesting and fun. And I think it's like, I'm there and it's engaging. And also we're losing something that mattered. And I think the idea that it can't be replaced, that's also sad. Like, and I hope it's not true. Like, if it needs to go away, and I'm not seeing it go away in other communities I follow. Like, the the community I follow that's this one, this community definitely is leaving. The, the That was full of, you know, SREs and ops people and distributed systems people and uh, engineers and systems administrators and DevOps people, like, fleeing Twitter 100%. Um, every other part of the communities I follow, no. It'll be interesting to see because I, I mean I think that it's also quite possible that there's just not going to be one answer for all communities. I mean this is why I, when I say that Twitter is going away, what I actually mean is that the idea of having this single platform that is kind of catering to all of society is one that, and then when you try to monetize that, and when you monetize that by getting people upset, you are actually naturally selecting for those that are divisive to their marrow. I mean, I think when history is writ, we will view Trump as the Twitter president. And Trump- Sure. I mean, I, mean, I don't think, do you think that Trump could have risen to the presidency without Twitter? 
I don't know, probably. Like the and 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 when I think about the like like for all of the trumps that happened, there's like there's a million other connections and a million other opportunities that were built and created for people because that public square existed and was a public square. And like, you know, is is everything that you're saying about the like engagement and like hate tweeting, like how many how many long arguments have we had on Twitter, Brian? Like just because it was fun and you oh, totally. knew it was fun as we were doing it. Totally. And like and and like I like I think there's some truth in that, but like, you know, one thing that Twitter still does better, even with the reduced size of my feed, like my feed doesn't look like the ones you guys described. Like I get I'm getting ads still from for sports stuff and for random content. Like I'm it does not look like a weird like bottom barreled ad hellscape for me, which doesn't mean it doesn't look like that for you, but it doesn't look like that for me. Um, and like, I think the, I, I, I really think that there is a thing that we're losing and, and that our willingness to abandon it, I think is interesting. Like, and, and it's not because there's not a good reason to abandon it. I get it. But like, I just feel like I I don't know that I'm actually running away from it as much as I'm just finding that the interaction on Mastodon is so much better, honestly. I think that the the, the 500 character limit is – I mean I'm just finding that I'm getting more better engagement on more stuff on Mastodon than I'm getting on Twitter. And I think that like a lot of those discussions that you're kind of alluding to on on Twitter, Adam, I think that those are going to – that's – Mastodon is actually a better spot for those discussions. That's only – I mean maybe because – because right now you're seeing a pretty high degree of the of of the in the know folks who have who are moving those networks and they're actively engaged in it because it's like fun and interesting. But like you know the reliability problems you see, like there's world class SREs trying to keep, keep Hackaderm alive and it's not going well, right? And like this like the central instances, like all that stuff's going to have to be fixed. We'll sweat it. And it's it'll be fine because we're technical enough. We understand what's happening. We know what's going on. But like, I don't I don't know that the slicing of that community in that way is is to our benefit. I understand I understand why you can argue your way into the fact that it is because the because it sucks to get you know I don't I don't like seeing Nazis in my feed any more than y'all do, and like my desire to like my desire to argue with them is incredibly high, and like. And and it means I'm on Twitter all fucking day, like, you know, hunting for the dopamine that comes from finding someone who says something wrong that I can then be a jerk to. And like, that's awful. And I wish that wasn't, I don't think that's my best self, but like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the loss of that is, is meaningful. And while it's, while it's understandable that we're losing it, I, I don't think it was all bad. And I think there's a lot of folks who got a lot of value out of it and whose lives were fundamentally altered because of the shape of that network. And, I mean, and look, look where we are. Like we're, we started this as a Twitter space. We started it because it was a great community of folks to plug into. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was exciting. And it was a new format that dovetailed into the existing format. There was a lot we liked. So I, I agree with you, Adam, just that this is as much as there might be a Rome burning schadenfreude associated with it. Like this is a loss. And, and and I was in a we'll find like, alternatives. Yeah, we'll find alternatives. But like I was in a, the community. There's a website called Meme Pool. I don't know if you guys if y'all remember right. Meme yeah, Pool. Meme Pool. But it was it was like it was like Hacker News back in the day. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. Uh, Joshua Schachter, who right. built Delicious later I mean, on. Yeah. Um, um, so he made the mistake once upon a time of building a mailing list 
for a meme pool. And me and my friends wound up on this mailing list and we took that joint over. Like it became its own subculture, completely disconnected from meme pool. And it drove Schachter nuts. It, he like, and he, to the degree where he was like writing custom code to mess with the mailing list and like shadow ban people and add random footers, it was nuts. But that group of people like refused to budge. Like they just refused to get off his lawn um, because it was our lawn, you know? <laughs> the fact that he owned it was irrelevant. Like we, we, were, we were squatting. Um, eventually he, and, and eventually he just shut the whole thing down. He was like, these jackasses got to go. And so he just turned the mailing list off and that was the end of that. Um, and years ago, I met him in person and was like, hey, sorry about that. And he was like, that was you, you know? Um, um, but um, I, the reason I bring it up is I, I think it's interesting that our, our collective feeling of ownership over the public square is seated, that Twitter is, was seated so trivially because it changed ownership. The idea that your participation in that public square was oh, linked to who owned come it. On, that's not, my, come my, on, that is not linked to who owned like, it. He, like, you could not run this thing into the ground faster than he's running into the ground. It's actually... I, I, you know what? It's, I, I was, cheers, Brian, but it's still... I, I, still I I'm, totally I'm not saying any happy, of that was good or bad. I was totally happy, by the way. In fact, I mean, it's obviously bad. I mean, we did a Twitter space on the night that he took over, and it was interesting to kind of get everyone's perspective on... And I was very happy to have the bull case i the bull case being that that the the super villains are not released back onto the platform moderation continues it continues to be a safe space that it continues to be moderated it can and there's a, we begin to fix all these issues with it i would have loved that this is absolute malpractice wall to wall malpractice <laughs> it, it is yeah i mean the, the the what he's doing in terms of skirting regulation decency i mean yeah. And to me, I mean, and the I, idea I mean, that, I'm, and the I'm idea that your Swisher. continued presence, but your but your continued presence on Twitter or not is like we've turned it into a tacit endorsement. If you haven't left, like the number of folks I've seen say, "Oh, if you haven't left Twitter yet, I, I'm not. You I'm are. Not you are. To that point yet. I know you're not. But, but, we, are, but like, we are getting. But that points. But that points happening quite a well, bit. And, I'll, and, and I'll, like, so I'll tell you how it gets there. It gets there because Gab was a joint customer, and we did not realize what Gab was. Um, they were just a customer right. that swiped a credit card, and it wasn't until the Squirrel Hill massacre that we realized that that had been that had happened on Joint Infrastructure, and the the moment that that happens, and we are we are not far away from that, by the way, where you have someone who is getting ginned up on social media to commit an atrocity. The, the, the I mean, the, I don't know if you saw the, the news about the, the more video from the, from Christchurch was uploaded and was on Twitter for hours before it was being flagged by the New Zealand government. We are close to that happening. And when that happens, you, you will cross a Rubicon and that Rubicon will be Apple is forced to pull it. Google is forced to pull it. Payment processors are forced to poll we know what gab looks like we know what 8chan looks like they are not businesses so i mean i think it's a mistake to think that anybody is leaving twitter because of its change of ownership i i am leaving i under, I, I, under, I understand your point and also the that and and i i even I, i'll even grant you that it's happening <laughs> And like, really. this is very dangerous. I mean, <laughs> this is you. a very dangerous position. I'm not putting myself really on this fucking Twitter Weird. stage. Yeah. No, I, I just, I just want to put out, I just want to like make it known that like I'm way out on a limb here and like I might, everything in me is crying to crawl back on the other side of the limb, but I'm just going to stay here for one more second because Stephen O'Grady put me up to it. And then if it ends badly, I'm going to be like, <laughs> this is on you, buddy. Thanks, but like, 
Um, but like I, those, the idea that there was a, like there were many things that happened, have happened over the life cycle of Twitter and, and that life cycle of, of, of main characters and bad actors and, and, and poor behavior and social media, like the corruption and the way the algorithm boosted certain voices over, like all of those things, like they were things that happened to us collectively and that the, the continued existence of that, of us in that place as part of the public square is part of why those things stopped. And this, the, the, the seeding of that power is what's happening right now by saying, look, this guy's a jackass. He did nothing but the most jackass of moves. The, it's, it's allowing all of this awful stuff to come back. It's moving backwards from where it was. And the right thing to do is leave. Like, okay. And, and also, don't be surprised when what's left is the exact hellscape that you predicted. And you can congratulate yourself. And I'm not saying that that's the reason the hellscape will happen. Like, that's, that's obviously not. You're not in control of Twitter. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But, like, our, our mass decision that that's no longer a place for us means that everyone who would want to communicate with us for whom that was the way that they got to us, it's no longer a place for them either. And, and that's, that's a real impactful loss. Yeah. And, that doesn't, and, and I don't think we're weighing that in the same way that it's very easy to get yourself self-righteous and i'm like self-righteousness is like my maximum drug like if there's a thing i can channel for myself it's self-righteousness so but like but like oof, you know like so, i think so me, i think there's i think there's something here. bad let me butt in here briefly um so I, I don't think there are many people who are actually happy to see twitter circling the drain speaking of somebody who just rage quit i'm not you know i i think that it's it's a, it's a tragic side effect of some of the pernicious aspects of capitalism, and it makes me unhappy. Um, you know, my decision to walk away from it, okay, we can argue about that, but I'm not walking away in happiness. I wanted to, to address one little corner of what you said there, uh, Adam, um, which is, okay, if you go look around Amazon, it's a pretty geeky place. Or not Amazon, um, Mastodon. If you look around Mastodon, it's a pretty geeky place. Um, well, you know, so was Twitter in its early days. So was Facebook, for gosh sakes, in its early days. You know, who were the first people to have computers were the geeks. And to uh, get the web were geeks and so on. So so that's not a negative indicator at all for me. I think that, um, you know, it's perfectly reasonable to expect geeky people to be the first ones up on the beach of the of the new thing. Sure, um, we always have been. If somebody could come figure out a way to come back, you know, and, and there may be a, a way through the fire. I mean, maybe it goes into a nasty bankruptcy, you know, Tesla stock stock crashes, um, you know, uh, Elon walks away, 30 billion bucks poor. Um, somebody else takes over sort of on a caretaker basis. A lot of people come back to work there because, you know, it was not that terrible a business. And Twitter eventually is reborn, but maybe in a more, I don't know, in a, in a still useful shape. So it could happen. I, I wouldn't bet on it at the moment, but and that, wouldn't make me, that would not make me unhappy. 
Yeah, I would be fine yeah. with that, just to be clear. I think it, that is going to be really, really challenging. And I have not deleted myself from Twitter. I'm still there. I have locked my account to indicate that th that my own uh, dissatisfaction. Also, I was finding that uh, that uh, essentially 100% of my new followers were bots. I mean, the irony is that the bot problem seems to have gotten way, 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 way worse uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I have locked my account for that reason. Um, but yeah, I would welcome... I, I mean, it would be fine for me if if Twitter pulled out of its nosedive. I don't think it will. I think that it is um, when I don't know that Musk has worked in a truly declining company. It is really, really, really hard because every quarter is worse than the one that came before it. Um, giving up this much top line, I think, is is nuts. And I mean, the war that he's about to pick with, with Apple, I think, is is very uh, ill-advised, to, to put it mildly. But I, if he can somehow come out of all this, fine. I just don't think as a practical matter I just look at my own my own teenagers, and you know, as I as I wrote yesterday, my teenagers view my kind of uh, being transfixed by what's happening with Twitter as I might view someone else after LinkedIn is purchased. If, if Elon Musk were to purchase LinkedIn and drive it into the ground, like I wouldn't even register with me. I'd just be like, all right, I don't know, I got to fine. Sure. And that's how they view this. And I think that the Gen Zers are already. Very, like are already post Twitter in terms of post this this centralized spot for all social networking, and they're already on the they're already on their own discords. They're already on I, you know my my fifteen year old was asking me why we hadn't done this on Discord a long time ago. I actually don't have a good answer for that, so I don't know. I'm not sure what the um, so I, I this is part of the reason I think that it is just structurally not something that is going to be really accommodated by by the future. This this kind of single spot in part because we the, the incentives were so misaligned so adam i totally agree with you that it gave us great things but it also uh gave us some not so great things and then it is it it is more that it is being the way that it is being run now is just i mean it just just remarkable every time i think it's like okay now i've seen truly there's nothing else like okay no never mind okay no, there's something else um toasterson i know you're here i want to get toasterson here to i uh, Adam, how do I? There we go. Did you do it? Thanks. Bye. Okay, you bet, uh, Adam. Yeah, good, good. Great talking with you. I, I, thanks, Adam. I hope we can still argue on Twitter. We can argue on Mastodon. <laughs> argue it's all on Mastodon. good. That's good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm gonna argue wherever. I, I, I come into Discord. It's gonna get nuts. Arguing? I didn't view them as arguments. I viewed them as discussions. No, we don't really argue that much. I was just using it for rhetorical. Okay, thank you. Right, that, that's a relief. I was a little bit worried actually. Yeah, no worries. You're you're wrong about everything, but other than that, uh, awesome. Thank you. How do we kick him off the stage? Party shot. <laughs> that's, right. Right. that's right. Coasterson, what's it? Okay, let's see if this works. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring a bit in the European view because we, in, in Europe, we've been using Mastodon for a bit longer as we have now. We had for a longer time the data protection issues with the US. So we already have government instances going. So the German government has an instance going which has a lot of associations and things on it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, uh, because and I do think this is a dimension in which Europe really led the way. Because I feel, you know, Tim, I was like you, and I think Adam, you're the same way that we joined. Ma I joined Mastodon whenever it was a top hacker news story in 2017. Um, I literally have no recollection of joining it. Like, I, it, it must have been a 
fit of insomnia or something. Or you joined it in your sleep. You know, did I tell you that my 15-year-old ordered a pizza in his sleep? Was that, was, was he, <laughs> this? Yeah, for, in, in Europe, there was uh, a tech conference, the, the year-end conference, the Congress, C3 Congress, and it was heavily advertised there. So we, we have for the Computer Congress uh, instances with a couple thousand people on, and we, or apparently there is also some other uh, performance metrics that they are finally writing up now from a lot of hosting providers uh, that we have here. And uh, we have the small associations that uh, pretty much run it. And I know pretty a lot of Swiss uh, uh, like associations have been active from the very beginning. Now with Musk taking over, this has been like, ah, uh, now also finally the Americans have joined us. <laughs> well, look, we're, you know, some, on some things, you know, we're leading the charge and other things we're a little, we're a little thick here. So I, I, I'm glad that, it, so yeah, and is your, uh, so so your take is clearly that, that Mastodon's got a, a pretty good future. And I think it sounds like you're expanding on what Tim was saying about the, the kind of the different instances really becoming different kinds of identities. For one, the the other thing that we're trying out right now is how much we can get away with hacking. We a friend of mine recently has uh, added the um, Mastodon JSON routes to Pelican, so the static uh, block site. So you can get away even if you don't have a server. You can basically have people follow you on your blog, hmm. and then they see the blog posts in the timeline. And the fun fact is the protocol activity pub does not have a character limit. This is a Mastodon instance setting that you can set up. So you can actually, you, you can also get the article type, which then gets you this giant part with the read more in the timeline. And technically this was act, this was fought for blocks. And I'm thinking about setting up my new block software to see how much JSON That's I can awesome. Use. Tim, do you do, yeah. do this is reminding me of? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So Matt Mullenweg says he's gonna put uh, the protocol in Tumblr. Mm -hmm. So Tumblr becomes essentially a looks like a Mastodon instance. Tim, do you remember us adding the tweaks that we needed to Dtrace to allow a Descript to generate an RSS feed? Do you remember this? I do not, but okay. I can believe it. No, because this is your idea. Do you remember this, Adam? Yeah. Because, <laughs> Tim, you had this idea of like, hey, it's like, I, could I have a Descript that it generates an RSS feed? And we're like, and there were some, actually some Billy things was preventing it that we fixed. And we're like, all right, great. Now we can have a Detroit script generate an RSS feed. It's like, what would we use this for? And Tim, I remember you just being like, I don't know, but it seems neat. Like, it does seem neat. I don't know what we would use it for. I don't think we've done too many RSS feeds with, but yeah, the, to, your, to your point, Dr. said about the, the, these open protocols do allow us and to, to plug in different things. And so, Tim, do you think that the Mullenweg thing, I mean, that, that kind of thing could be a real game changer if you have a big player do that? Uh, you know, in my experience, when Matt says he's going to do something, he does it. And, uh, you know, he's been pretty close to the Tumblr team. So if, if there was a good reason why that wasn't possible, uh, I kind of suspect that he wouldn't have gone ahead and said that. So I, I expect that'll happen. And um, 
I, I expect a lot of other social presence operators are going to be watching that with close attention. Uh, I saw Don McCaskill talking about Don McCaskill, I think, owns Flickr right now. Am I making that up? That, I think that's right. Um, yeah, yeah well, he's, he's from SmugMug, but SmugMug bought up a bunch of the other uh, photo sharing things. So, yeah, they, he has Flickr. He's got Flickr. And so Don has been talking about actually uh, adding what it would take to take ActivityPub and get that. I mean, so it's there's a bunch of interesting stuff happening out there. Um and so, yeah, and so Tim, where do you kind of see things in uh, in three to four years? I mean, do you, because I think it's, you can also paint a picture where Twitter pulls out of its nosedive, but Mastodon and the Fediverse and ActivityPub still flourish. That's actually not impossible. Well, I'm also influenced by my experience with the Blue Sky. So I was in the early Blue Sky conversations with Jack and Parag and those people. And they were saying, you know, the actual business of just lining up feeds and delivering them and, and tracking follows and likes and, and so on uh, is uh, boring. The, if there's really business value add there, it's in curation and, and um, filtering and, and things like that and, and abuse prevention. And they say, from that point of view, we would win if we opened up Twitter to be, a, a, you know, a protocol peer of a whole bunch of other people. Because that would give us more stuff to, you know, to to make money by providing a high quality service on it. I thought that was a very compelling line of argument. Yeah. Um, now, Blue Sky seems to have kind of been sidelined by Activity Pub as it, as it, as it hurdles by. Um, and uh, but 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 you know, here here's the thing. Clearly, there is a hunger for the kind of things Twitter did, right? And that's that's not open to debate. And it seems that there's a good chance that the provider, Twitter itself, is 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 flying into the side of the mountain. And it seems very very unlikely that any other single entity will be able to step in and assume that that role, which by a process of elimination leaves federation. Yeah. And you know, email, you know, despite its base being based on fairly clunky protocols scaled to the entire human population and huge traffic rates. Um, and, you know, mass, you know, activity pub is really a lot like email. Um, and so I think that by process of elimination, we're going to end up with something federated filling the important functions that Twitter did. And right now, Mastodon and its buddies are the leading candidate. So I, I have no hard data, but that's my uh, um, there, there's a couple of data points here to add. The one of the creators of the activity pub standard is further enhancing the standard still. So there is stuff coming down that pipeline also outside of that standard. So there is a little bit of a embrace extend going on from side of Mastodon. And apparently the standards creator now goes the other side where they have like an experimental standard and then have more things they can add to the spec of activity publicly. Interesting. Well, Tim, I, I think that th those pillars are definitely, th those pillars, those three pillars that you mentioned, that that Twitter is valuable um, and that th this is a, it served a valuable function and it seems like it's, it is not going to, it quite possibly is, it is flying into the side of the mountain, as you say, um, feels, uh, that, that feels pretty uh, indisputable uh, and that it's going to be something else that, that comes in and fills that void um, because it is valuable. I think that, that that's definitely important. Uh, I want to get, uh, Raggy, you want to get up here? I know Tim's going to have to split here in a little bit, but um, maybe you want to, as you've got a closing question or comment. Or did I... Oh. I just click the button and it is thinking about inviting Raggy up. Oh, here you are. 
Um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of add in here. There's a lot of like concern around scaling the the federation side of things, but it actually really looks like push push messaging and push services right now. And I, when I think about like the kind of like what would it look like if news organizations took it on? Like an interesting option would be well, the way that ActivityPub currently works, you could actually get a paid subscription, and they could post the paid subscription to your inbox. And the cost of doing that is no different from them having their own app and pushing a push notification to you. Mm. So I'm not sure in all cases that it scales worse. Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, and I think also one thing that I definitely do love about Mastodon is, and, and Tim, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you, you picked on this in your blog entry, but some of these apps that are trying to replace Twitter that then don't have any web accessibility, that seems bonkers to me because all of this... Yeah, that was JW pointing out that. I mean, it's like I isn't the web a good idea? I thought we agreed that that one was a good one. That was wasn't that a keeper? I thought we were gonna that was in the keep pile, but I don't know. Um, it it feels like that's another that you know when you kind of opt in because right, I think part of what the, the point you're making is that when you opt into these broader ecosystems, you get to leverage a bunch of it. You don't have to have a dedicated app for the Washington Post. You could actually, uh, you you've got a different way of delivering that same functionality. So let me say, before I go, let me say a couple of things. We've got a pretty geeky audience here. So, so let me go all geek for a sec. Um, Mastodon has an API. It's a nice API. I went and looked at it. Um, it. It's got excellent documentation, lots of examples, reasonably straightforward, no big abstractions. Um, it's something anybody could write. I closed the tab quickly because I do not need another <laughs> programming project at the moment. Item two, activity pub is pretty simple. Um, it's a well-written spec. It's easy to figure it out. Uh, you know, I encourage anybody who, you know, who isn't frightened of reading specs and thinks, hey, maybe there's something unique I could do on this to go and, uh, and read that spec. Okay. Third thing I want to say is um, Mastodon itself, as I said, is a stateful Rails implementation and not a small one and not a simple one. And, um, you know, I think there would be a real uh, steep learning curve to getting into to making contributions there. And, and also, I, as I've said, I'm not crazy about the idea of Rails as a supporting architecture for this. Um, there's another implementation of essentially Mastodon of ActivityPub called Pleroma, which is implemented in Elixir, which runs on the Erlang VM. And then there's a fork of that called Akoma, uh, which is the same, only better in, in some respects. And that strikes me as an immensely better um, sort of programming platform model for building this kind of thing, which is all about shuffling messages around, lots of them in parallel. Well, hey, Erlang, that's, you know, that's what Erlang is for, and it works great. Um, you know, WhatsApp runs on Erlang, RabbitMQ runs on Erlang, and Elixir is a really cool, 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 ultra-cool programming language. Um, so if I were a, a bright, uh, eager geek who wanted to maybe get in there and do something interesting, I would probably go start by looking at uh, at Pleroma. So there, there's my my technology contribution. To the I, I, well, those are great. And as you know, I, I often tell people when they kind of, it, it's easy for us to kind of look back at the past and to think like, boy, I wish I'd been alive then because it seems like such, and, and as I always tell people, it's like, the, you know, that's 
that's happening all around you. You're living in a new golden age. You just, it's for the things that are forward looking. And I think we're living in a new golden age of federated social. And Tim, those are great recommendations for technologists to go check out. And um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, hopefully I'll be able to close, close the tab quickly, but I want to go look at that. Adam, have you looked at the API, the mass on API? No, I haven't checked it out. I'm going to, I'm, I'm got another tab where I'm looking at <laughs> nice. it right now. That's awesome. Careful, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's a great note to end on. Tim, thank you very much for joining us uh, for our inaugural post Twitter Spaces space or whatever noun we end up using. Uh, this will be this is recorded and it will become a uh, the Oxide and Friends podcast. And folks, um, if we'll definitely leave the channels open here for a little bit, if um, if people have, I'm get, we're going to leave the stage here. But um, if people have thoughts for us on on how we're running this, we'd love to hear them. Um, but thank you so much for all of you for uh, for joining us for our inaugural Discord Oxide and Friends. It's been a lot of fun. Well, before you close, there is a huge body of traffic in the chat that's attached to this. Yes, I just yeah. There's a lot. Yes, we've been keeping we've been keeping an eye out. People have been answering their questions, annotating with uh, some of the things we've been talking about. Um, yeah, we've been keeping an eye on And it. we're going to keep leave that open for a little bit here. So if folks have got kind of parting questions, but um, I think we'll we'll leave the stage. Adam, thanks for setting this up. And also, huge thanks to Steve Glavnik, who's been who's been helping us out yeah, and you, educating Steve. us about what's a joystick versus a console versus whatever this icon is. <laughs> and if you go to the welcome uh, channel, it, it gives instructions for how to subscribe your your calendar or whatever if you want to pick these up. Um, if uh, if you're not following us on Mastodon or missed the notification, that's a good way to get notified of future ones. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tim.